0: Welcome to St. Louis on the Air, I'm Sarah Fenske. This week, St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner filed suit against a host of entities. The parties include the city of St. Louis, the St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department, the police union representing St. Louis police officers, the spokesman for that union, one former police officer who filed a civil lawsuit against Gardner, and the special prosecutor who has been looking into Gardner's investigation of former Governor Eric Greitens. Oh, and last but not least, the children of that special prosecutor, who also work in his office, are also named in this lawsuit. Now, this lawsuit was filed by a Washington, D.C. law firm working with a New York City law firm, as well as some local counsel. And it uses the laws intended to stop the Ku Klux Klan back in 1871 to accuse all of these parties that I just listed as being part of a racist conspiracy against Kim Gardner. So joining me by phone to talk about this lawsuit is St. Louis Public Radio reporter Jason Rosen. Jason, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me, Sarah.
0: So this lawsuit made for some pretty good national headlines, but I want to go past the headlines to the heart of this lawsuit, and that's the alleged conspiracy. What is Kim Gardner saying these parties have done?
1: In this lawsuit, Circuit Attorney Gardner contends that all these defendants have basically been involved in a racist conspiracy to prevent her from doing her job and enacting her agenda and that some of these people have been effectively working together to run her out of office. This comes as, in the background, there's this special prosecutor, Jerry Carmody, who's named in this lawsuit, along with his aforementioned children, looking into how Gardner's office handled the 2018 prosecution of then-Governor Eric Greitens on invasion of privacy charges, and um, from looking at the lawsuit, it's asking for compensate. It's asking for like monetary damages and punitive damages. But the most interesting thing to me is the third ask, which is quote, enjoining defendants from violating Gardner's rights under federal law, and that's prompted like some observers to believe that that line is aimed at Carmindy's prosecution, or at least investigation. He, he's he's mm-hmm. engaging in a prosecution against William Tisabee right now. No, There has been no charges filed against Gardner at this point. And, and Tisabee and,
0: is, is the former FBI agent who was sort of um, Gardner's point person on her investigation into Greitens. He's now facing some criminal charges as a result of this special prosecutor.
1: Right. What, what he's accused of is he was in a deposition with some of Greitens' attorneys he said a number of things, including that he didn't take notes during the deposition of the woman at the center of the the Greitens case, and it was later revealed through a videotape that he was taking notes. And there's an entire loss. There's an entire indictment on on that particular point that's still kind of going through the legal system right now. But Gardner has been in a pretty protracted legal battle of her own about turning over documentation, and testifying before a grand jury. The last the last news that I saw is she's slated to testify in front of a, a grand jury or appear in front of a grand jury later this month.
0: And so the thinking is that by asking the federal court to intervene, she might be trying or hoping to stop that court date from, from going forward.
1: Um, that is definitely one of the working theories. I think one of the challenges is, and I'm going to get a little wonky here, Sarah, but I think that this is important for our listeners to know. There is a legal theory called the Younger Abstention Doctrine, and it's a principle that federal courts are very rarely seen to stop, like, a local investigation or prosecution into something. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm reading this from a, from a website called definitions.uslegal.com. So I want to make sure that I'm I'm saying what my source is on this. The three exceptions to this are if a prosecution is in bad faith, if a prosecution is part of a pattern of harassment against an individual, or if the law is being enforced utterly and irredeemably unconstitutional. So when it comes to that special prosecutor, I, I'm pretty sure Gardner's going to have to prove that those exceptions apply. If you, if you read through the lawsuit... It's clear that that's what her attorneys are trying to hit at because they're contending that Carmody has all sorts of conflicts, has handled the investigation like unfairly, and also kind of pointing to all this activity with the police union mm-hmm. advocating against her agenda. So, I, I, again, I, I think that that's like a, an observation and a theory about like what the end result of this lawsuit is beyond monetary damages. But from talking with people about it, it involves this doctor and I just Talked about.
0: So in order to get a federal judge to do something that could halt an investigation that's happening in a state court, she's got to hit a really high threshold. And that may be why some of these allegations are, are pretty incendiary in terms of alleging a conspiracy. Um, she does point out in this lawsuit, it was somewhat unusual to appoint Jerry Carmody as the special prosecutor here. And one of the points that she's making is that he's a high school friend of the guy who was Greitens lawyer, Ed Dowd, that they're also former law partners, and that he's mostly a a real estate lawyer. So how did Jerry Carmody ever get this appointment to be the special prosecutor in this case? Well, I can't
1: peer into the mind of the judge that appointed him. But, you know, from what I've heard from other people who have dealt with Jerry Carmody, I've never spoken to him before. So I have to go upon, you know, talking to other people who have dealt with them. Like people within the legal community in St. Louis see him as a really good lawyer who generally looks things pretty straight and pretty fair. Now, mm-hmm. clearly, Gardner disagrees with this. And in addition to this federal lawsuit, I, I, I believe that she has pointed out some of the conflicts of interest on a state level, but that has not been successful at removing Carmody as the special prosecutor. Um, so I just think that he was probably chosen because of his reputation within St. Louis as, as as being a a pretty decent lawyer, but I I do think that the connections between Carmody and Dowd, which were laid out in this federal uh, lawsuit, I mean, even people that may not be super sympathetic to Gardner could see that as as reasonable points to bring up. It's just the question of whether it's going to hit that younger abstention doctrine Uh, threshold that we talked about earlier, and that'll be for a judge to decide.
0: Mm -hmm. We're talking to St. Louis Public Radio reporter Jason Rosenbaum about the federal lawsuit that Kim Gardner has filed against a host of of her critics. Um, And Jason, Kim Gardner talked to you earlier this week. Here's how she explained the lawsuit. When you have
1: a powerful few who has determined to silence the will of the people, this is why I filed this lawsuit, because it's about constantly having roadblocks placed in the will of the people who want reform in the city of
0: St. Louis, and we can't be saying enough is enough. So Circuit Attorney Gardner is saying that these parties have placed roadblocks on her agenda as a reformer. Now, setting aside the special prosecutor for a moment, which we know she's not happy about, in terms of her agenda as a reformer, how have these parties collectively actually thwarted the work of her office?
1: Well, that's a big question. And my colleague, Rachel Lipman, when she wrote the original story, asked that to Gardner's spokesperson. And I think that there was one instance that uh, her spokesperson mentioned. But I think the point that perhaps the, the people who are going to be defending the city and all these parties of the lawsuit could point out is that Gardner has a, a great deal of prosecutorial discretion about how she wants to handle certain cases. And even if people are very upset with how she's charting her agenda, it it doesn't mean that she's necessarily inhibited from doing so. Now, she could make an argument that the special prosecutor, given how much time and energy she's had to devote to it, could be the thing that is kind of depriving her of her ability to enact her agenda, along with the fact that some of the people in this lawsuit are are pretty powerful and politically important interest groups, especially the Police Officers Association. Mm -hmm. So again, that's going to be up to Gardner and her attorneys to make it in court.
0: Now, in this lawsuit, she also offers as evidence a lot of Facebook posts that have been made by St. Louis police officers. And some of these are some pretty racist Facebook posts. But it seems like there's more of a tenuous connection to city leadership. It doesn't seem like there's much of any connection to the special prosecutor. Are you seeing some links here that that just went over my head in this?
1: Well, let me first off say when I read those Facebook post and also read the hate mail that uh, circuit attorney Gardner had. I mean that that's just indefensible. It's terrible like, stuff. I mean, nobody should be defending that type of thing even if you don't like Kim Gardner. Like the, the stuff in the lawsuit that was mentioned is just frankly shocking and, 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 and appalling. Now the question is does that constitute the 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 conspiracy and the the inhibitor for her to do her job, mm-hmm. I mean, especially if some of the Facebook posts—and I'm pretty sure from reading the lawsuit—some of the Facebook posts happened before she was in office. From what I'm, reading I think the actually lawsuit.
0: the vast majority of them happened before she was in office. Um, and there's there's yeah. very few of them that refer directly to her. I don't know if that matters legally.
1: And that's going to be a big question. Now, clearly, the hate mail that she received while she was in office—that that is definitely, I think, right. But. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that for some of while while that certainly provides evidence that there are officers with some really heinous views within the St. Louis Police Department, um, whether it meets all the thresholds of of winning this lawsuit remains to be seen. I, I, I do think, though, it probably provides should provide some pause to the leadership of the St. Louis Police Department about, like, how to handle this type of thing better because Mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's good for anybody, whether it be the city or the police department's reputation, that there are, there are officers with these types of views.
0: It is interesting, though. I mean, she's accusing the police department as a whole, not just the police union, um, of being part of this racist conspiracy. The police chief is John Hayden. He's a black man. And the public safety director who supervises Chief Hayden, Jimmy Edwards, he's also a black man. Um, has she explained when she talked to you at all? Did, did she talk about how she sees them fitting into this um, alleged racist conspiracy against her?
1: Not really, but I think that the main target of her hire is Jeff Rorta, who's the business manager for the St. Louis Police Officers Association. Interestingly, Gardner and Rorta used to serve with each other in the Missouri House hmm. for two years. Rorta was there for a brief two-year period before he lost the state Senate race. And uh, there is no love loss between the two. They do not really... I mean, neither one from talking with both of them. I talked with both of them earlier this week. They do not respect each other. Uh, You know, Rorta does not like Gardner's actions as circuit attorney at all. And Gardner does not believe that Rorta deserves a a platform to be able to espouse his views. And there's no doubt that Rorta has been very, very provocative in opposing Gardner's agenda and has engendered a lot of enemies. Even from people that may not be super fans of Gardner. But I mean, the, the again, the question that I think a judge is gonna have to decide is whether like Rorta's advocacy meets all the thresholds needed to, to prove violations under the the federal statutes that you citing. I know I've said like we'll have to see and we'll have to see what a judge decides, but I'm loath to predict what is going to happen in a legal proceeding mm-hmm. because it's it, it's just impossible to tell at this point.
0: Uh, you also talked earlier this week to Peter Joy, who's a professor at Washington University School of Law. He says there are opposing opinions about Gardner that are not necessarily mutually exclusive. Gardner and her supporters say the police union is out to get her. They say she's made some big mistakes. Um, he says there can be truth in both positions. This is uh, pretty much like a a vegetable soup kind of uh, problem that that she's been facing because there are a lot of different ingredients and a lot of different pushes and pulls going on. And that's Peter Joy of Washington University Law School. Jason, Kim Gardner is up for re-election later this year. We actually have her likely opponent who's going to be talking to us in an unrelated segment in just a bit. But how do you think this lawsuit will play with potential voters?
1: I I think that you know, I was at like a, a rally with other prosecutors, and it was not a rally, it was a press conference, but I also think it was a show of support for Kim Gardner from other prosecutors who have run under the banner of overhauling the criminal justice system. And I definitely think that there are gonna be people within St. Louis, not just in the African American community, but also in the white progressive community that may see what's happen- what's happening to her as an attack on an unfair attack on an african-american woman prosecutor and that may galvanize people to vote for her on the other hand i, I think that there as, as as peter joy kind of alluded to there are people that have not been happy with her performance as circuit attorney unrelated to the entire tisby greiton situation and i think that her Re-election campaign is going to be a big test about which one of those opinions carries the day. Um, I have just noticed in the past, though, and you can go back to 2012 when Lacey Clay was running against Russ Carnahan, when the African-American community in, in St. Louis feels like they're under, especially the African-American political community, feels like they're under attack. They can be really effective and really sharp at organizing. And I'm sensing that that's kind of the the groundswell I'm seeing with Gardner. And if that same sort of coalition manifests itself, then she may be able to win reelection, but it also depends on how well-organized her opposition is and how many candidates run against, run against her. So it's definitely gonna be one of like 700 races we're watching during the primary season.
0: All right, well, St. Louis Public Radio reporter, Jason Rosenbaum, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWM.